I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. Ancestors known and unknown who want the best for me and my family towards my highest good and with ease. And it's like really speaking for ancestors who are in alignment with you. My mother in love says always add the ease part because sometimes that journey can be really, really rough if you don't add that ease. In. Hello and Gemma, Gemma Yomis, it is Raquel and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And as usual, the sponsors that you may hear today and their special offers are linked in the show notes or you can go to yourownmagicpodcast.com slash sponsors. And also while you're there, feel free to send any topic questions or suggestions or ideas or Whatever message you'd like to share, feel free to send that in the topic box on the EuromagicPodcast.com website. And today's guest is Nyasha Williams, who is an author, an activist for decolonization, and a tarot deck creator, and creator of, honestly, she just, she creates, you'll hear, she creates a lot of stuff. She's a creator of many lanes, a very impressive woman. And I can tell you that her tarot deck holds power. Her tarot deck is called Black Tarot, which is an ancestral awakening deck, and it also has a guidebook, and it features exclusively black representations of classic tarot figures and iconography illustrated by Kamishka Naidu. I love that she created the original 78 card deck, but then of course made it her own. We talk about that, and it just came out last week, so I highly recommend you look into it, especially if you're interested in connecting with your ancestors. Yeah, and channel the divine with her tarot that celebrates black spirituality and symbolism and mystic tradition and in this episode like i said it is very valuable very powerful at first we talk about why she felt connected to magic since she was young and also divination tools and why she feels called to also help kids connect with their magic in some way especially through cooking and also her love for communing with her ancestry and getting in touch with the side of herself it's a very powerful conversation about also decolonizing ourselves from the system 
terms of white supremacy and the patriarchy. I'm grateful that for whatever reason, Nyasha felt, well, she came on to talk about her tarot deck and I'm so thankful for the direction this ended up really taking as it felt like spirit was sharing this message for a reason. And perhaps if you are a listener of this podcast, there's many messages for you to really hear and really listen to. And Yasha is just an incredible, phenomenal woman. She is somebody who you know, when she wants something, she is going to not only go get it, but she's going to create it. She's going to manifest into reality. And she definitely inspires me in many ways. So with all that being said, I hope that you enjoy Nyasha's magic and let the magic begin. Nyasha, I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite a while because I've had your tarot deck in hand for quite a while and it is beautiful and thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be in the space and to connect with you and i'm really glad that you're loving the deck oh i love it Nyasha, what is lighting you up most in the season of your life so right now i'm really trying to be active and listening to the seasons like really moving with the seasons so mm. I feel like, you know, we're following the Gregorian calendar, most of us, especially work-wise, and I'm really trying to shed that and move into moving seasonally, living seasonally, um, and listening to watching what nature is doing and making sure my body is moving in the same way. So right now it's autumn. How are you feeling in this season and how are you moving this season? Yeah. So a lot of gratitude slowing down, um, you know, have a little gratitude jar on my altar. And, you know, every time I think of something I'm really grateful for um, that has occurred this year, just joy that has come through, um, popping it, popping it into that jar. Um, I, we've, my husband and I moved into our first house. Um, It's (gasps) about a year now. So really exciting. Like we basically. Congrats. Yeah. Where is it? Um, it's in Colorado in Northland. No way. I'm also in the Rockies, but I'm in Utah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? We're both mountain time. So yes, you can really feel the autumn spirit when you are in yeah. the Rockies. Oh, definitely. I mean, the Aspens are gorgeous. So, you know, uh, we're really interacting with nature. Um, and then everyone's kind of doing their last minute harvest now from the gardens before the frost comes. And so, yeah. um, I started to garden. I kind of did chaotic gardening. So I didn't like really look at when things were supposed to be planted. I just kind of planted whatever and wanted to see what would come up. Um, and we definitely had like kale and different greens that came up. So I made I love it. Um, some beautiful greens for my ancestors the other day and put them on their altar. So that was a really nice offering for the end of the season, moving into fall slowly starting to move towards winter. I can't wait to also talk about how you've been communicating with your ancestors. I'm going to make note of that, but I also want to just get your story from a young age. I know that you somehow felt connected to magic and then at some point tarot, astrology and creativity in general, and you're a creator of many avenues and in your changing the narrative and bringing awareness to a variety of narratives. And so I'm just curious what inspired you, what ignited you to do all that you're doing. Yeah. So I, first and foremost, I'm a transracial adoptee. My parents are white um, and I have six siblings. We are all black and some of us are adopted from Colorado. Um, and then I have a bunch of siblings. Um, well, the more of us were adopted from South Africa. My parents' jobs took us back and forth. So I lived intermittently between South Africa and the United States for a good portion of my life. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of traveling. I had a lot of travel very young in my life going back and forth. Um, but I loved magic. I loved really Harry Potter. Just there's so many magic yeah. books. Like I wanted to, which I <laughs> little fairy gardens growing up and like yeah. collect little fairies and like, I just was so obsessed. Um, and then mermaids, I was always obsessed with. I used to be in water all the time. I did like every water sport possible. My mom jokes that when I was a kid, you know, those little swimming classes they have for kids, um, just joking about how I didn't want to ever wait in line. I just wanted to be the next one to jump right back in again. Um, and my mom's like, you <laughs> let the other kids <laughs> even living out those mermaid dreams now. Um, so summer of 2021, 
um, was really gorgeous because I went to the first Afro Mermaid convention. It was what? amazing. What is this? I love it. <laughs> that was in Florida. Um, it was, you know, people, someone heard the call, like, we don't really see a lot of our faces as BAPOCs in some of these fantasy and magical spaces. And yeah. so someone decided to create a summit and convention for that in Florida. And it was beautiful to be around so many people who are actively doing mermaid, you know, work in Florida and in different spaces. And then just connecting with other people who love fantasy and love oh. that magic energy. So oh, that is, yeah, I have like goosebumps. Okay. So you, since you're talking about mermaids, there's yeah. just such a chilling story um, that you connected with your ancestors and how you feel like they ended up becoming mermaids, a beautiful poetic story. Do you know oh. what I'm talking about? And do you mind sharing that? So, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I like to believe I wrote this in my deck, but I like to believe that my ancestors who were ripped from their homeland and shackled as cargo to a boat who didn't make it ashore transformed in their final breath to merfolk, gaining the power of the very element that swallowed them whole. Wow. Okay. I keep getting chills. So, wow. Okay. So many profound messages as well that you're sharing with the world. And what made you feel like you wanted to be an activist with a variety of narratives and just needing to shift the, and combat the systems of white supremacy and colonization and the patriarchy. And of course, as well, embrace traditional spiritual practices that have been taken from the BIPOC communities, of course, and tribes and groups. And so I'm just curious, what made you realize like, oh, this is something I need to share with the world and help I'm unlearning this and help others shift and also awaken to what needs to be seen yeah so it's funny because you know you hear the word indoctrination thrown around but the reality is it is that modeling from a young age that can inspire you my parents are very much humanitarians my mom's in a lot of work Um, my dad was a habitat for humanity for a very long time in his life and my mom was an HIV doctor and researcher for a very long time. They always have been my models of like caring for others and making sure others are okay and taking care of people in the world and like bettering our world. And so I stepped into that pretty young. And, you know, in college, I was very much fem- in the feminist movement of it. So really trying to fight the patriarchy during college, um, working on I started the feminist organization on my campus, we're in the vagina monologues. I was really um you know, using my activism in that way. Um, And then after college, I went to Paris for a year and I actually cut my hair there, which I realizing is a very spiritual thing more and more. Um, It's like kind of a shedding of a stage and moving into a new. And so that was part of me reclaiming myself, reclaiming my identity. That's where I reclaimed my name. So I... For those long time, people couldn't pronounce my name correctly. So they was pronounced it all these different ways. And it's from Zimbabwe and it's Nyash and you've been pronouncing it correctly. The problem is that I was so frustrated with so many people not being able to pronounce it correctly, especially white people, that I decided to change my name to Nasha for a huge no. period. Yes. Okay. And so when I moved to France, they just pronounced it correctly right off the bat. And I was like, oh, cool. People can do this. So then I named. <laughs> And um, yeah, so that was me cutting my hair, going into an Afro. So going into my natural hair, reclaiming my name when I was in France. Um, After that, I decided to go to culinary school. So I went to culinary school in South Africa for four years. Sorry, not four years, uh, two and a half years. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was there for two and a half years. I went to Pruley Chef's Academy um, and I was there for two and a half years. And then- Chef Academy. Yes. You're a good cook. I can cook. Yes. No, it's lovely. I mean, it brings me a lot of joy. And I have just kind of always followed where I've heard the call to be and what I want to do. Like, I just listen to my my passions and walk into them fully. Part of my going to culinary school is one of my dreams is to open a cooking school for kids. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I did that. So one day I plan to do that because I know how important it is to connect people to their food, connect kids, reconnect people and kids back to their food. Where does it come from? Growing it themselves, getting their hands in the dirt, you know? Yeah. Um, Very, very important work for me. And I think it's important work for our whole world. Um, Beautiful. Yes. So kind of food activism during that time. And then I became a teacher and I moved to Baltimore and I started teaching in Baltimore. And I noticed that my kids were not being represented in my classroom. So I had a pretty Mm -hmm. diverse classroom and I was not seeing books and things that represented them. And I was like, what's going on here? 
And I was like, I need to start writing something. So I started writing some manuscripts at that time, but they were just kind of sitting on my computer, not going anywhere. And eventually I stayed two years in Baltimore. And then during that time, my husband and I also got married because I met him in Baltimore. I had him come with me, dragged him out to Colorado with me. So we moved out here and I was like, I need to start getting going on this. So I found an illustrator on Fiverr. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I still work with her now. She's amazing. Sophia. And I was like, can you do this for me? And she's like, yes, I've never done this before. I'm really excited. Let's do this. And we created this beautiful book called What's the Commotion in the Ocean? It's about a Black mermaid who is calling out um, what's happening in our oceans. And she's asking for help and the changes that we can make to protect our oceans. I love it. I love it. When I have kids, I'm getting them that book. Yes. Yes. I mean, I have like adults who definitely get my books are like, I need this for me. Like I have no kids. Yeah. Maybe I should just get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I know actually kids I could give it to as well, by the way. So I'll just do that. Perfect. Yes. I would love that. Thank you for supporting. Absolutely. Um, and so when I read that book to my kindergarten class at the time, when it finally came out, when I said, this was my self-published book, my first self-published book, I was reading it to my class and there's this sweet girl. Um, she looks, we look similar in the sense that we both had dreadlocks and she's black as well. And she looks at me and she says, mermaids can't be black. And I, you know, my heart. And I was like, this is why I have to do what I'm doing right now. Yes. Because we have to change the narrative, rewrite things, you know, and there are black mermaids. They have existed. It's just not the narrative that's been pushed out. It's not the narrative that has been highlighted or seen as important. Um, And there's a lot of spaces for that in our literature and media where, um, Number one, it's a little bit of the worship of the written word in our white supremacy problem. Mm-hmm. And then because a lot of BIPOC stories were and, and uh, um, knowledge and wisdom was passed orally. So, you know, we need to reclaim that and understanding how important that is. Yeah. Uh, and the second aspect is that um, there's people who just haven't been a, given a chance to share their narratives or share their stories or share their community's wisdom or Um, any, and even besides that, besides, um, you know, books deeply rooted in activism, I mean, we need books that just have black and, um, people of the global majority. We need to see books in centered roles, like at positive centered roles. Um, we have such a stereotype throughout our, like in all of our literature and media, like Disney does a lot of dark characters as evil and, you know. Um, it's also a habit of like, even when you look at disabilities, why do so many villains have disabilities? Why have we labeled that as villainous? So there's a lot of areas we need to reflect, like to look at things with an equity lens and really reflect on, does this make sense? And it's like, I don't, I don't want to say don't watch this, but look at it through an equity lens and like, what could be done better? What is done well? And how can we keep improving and growing and like making the world equitable for everybody? Ooh, so good. How do you recommend others? Well, actually, before I even ask that, you yes. just brought something to, I just thought of something just now, cause I'm really excited about it. The yes. new little mermaid, a black mermaid. What yes. do you think? So excited. So excited. I know. It's amazing. I was in tears like when I was watching on TikTok, <laughs> the videos of the blind reactions of little black girls, like seeing that trailer was yeah. just, oh my gosh, my heart. They've needed this. They've needed to see this, especially such a prominent figure, prominent princess. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been lacking in that. We still are lacking in that, you know, yeah. um, we, Disney really hasn't done the black community right in terms of giving us a good solid story like I can go on and on in an equity lens about Princess and the Frog and Kanto was beautiful like that I that, think that was the first one I was really impressed by like there's still things that we can address because I've done an equity like chat because I host equity chats um, with my friends and we dig into things like that and so we definitely mm-hmm. can talk about it but I still think it was really beautiful um, compared yeah. to what Disney has done in terms of um, a culturally rich story. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip 
insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep, and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code magic for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. Okay, this is pretty awesome. So if you are into science-backed products when it comes to your health, your gut health, but also woman-owned products, I must introduce you to Equilibria. I'm so thankful I discovered them this year. I mean, Equilibria, they help you take on your wellness journey knowing that you have a dedicated one-on-one -on -one support to help you achieve your goals. So it's not like you're just taking a pill mindlessly. You actually get one-on-one -on -one support. That's awesome. And their signature product, which is EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, it comes in a convenient three-in-one capsule form. And so this is specifically formulated to bolster digestive health and fortify gut barrier protection, among other benefits. And we know that a balanced gut not only enhances our immunity, but also contributes to our overall mental well-being and our quality of sleep, of course, having efficient digestion and even radiant skin. But what distinguishes Equilibria's probiotic supplement is its meticulous selection, which is tailored to women's health needs. And of course, like I said, science-backed, and they're also ensuring affordability without compromising potency. And as someone who once struggled pretty severely with gut health issues for years, I intensified my focus on gut health in, I'd say around 2020 and I'm thrilled to have recently discovered these products this year as of course they're backed by research for women's well-being, they're women-owned, and they support overall microbiome health, warding off harmful bacteria and enhancing our nutrient absorption. So head to myeq.com and use code MAGIC for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com com and use code MAGIC at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. I know there's a long way to go. What do you think people can do to, you know, be more active and making sure that we shift the narrative on how fantasy is presented to the world? So there's two things that come to mind. I think we always think like inclusion and diversity, but like that doesn't mean belonging. And right. I think that we need to make sure that people feel like they belong. And so I want to highlight that. And then decolonizing, that's, that's what we got to do. That's what everyone's yeah. got to do. Um, I don't like, it doesn't matter what walk you are, who, what race you are. We've all bought into these systems. We all have things to unlearn. We're all having to do the work. It looks different mm -hmm. for different communities. It looks different individual to individual within those communities. But yeah. it's work that we all have to do. It's like you start with your roots. You start and you stop and you start reconnecting to your roots. We're all so disconnected from so much, disconnected from community, disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from our ancestors. It's a re-stepping back into that and coming back home. Oh, yes. So speaking of ancestors, mm -hmm. how do you connect with them? Because I know they are a huge part of your life. Yes. So it started for me with just speaking out to them. I just would tell them kind of like what I wanted to do. I wanted to do work for the family. I wanted to build for the community. I would tell them the kind of world I'm trying to build out here. So I would speak this to them um, out loud. And then, you know, 
ancestors speak in so many different ways. Um, and I talk about this in my book a little bit, um, or my deck, my guidebook about different ways that you can see that ancestors are communing with you. Yeah. And I, I got definitely those signs, you know, you got your angel numbers, um, yep. lots of different ways that they are letting you know that you're hearing what you're saying and uh, voicing that they want to continue building the bond and the connection. And so from that, I have slowly, I started with a very small altar and now it is a family heirloom that I use as my altar. So <laughs> oh, I love that's it. who we are now. Um, but it's pretty amazing. Um, just building that relationship. It's like any other relationship. Um, I build relationships with my trees outside because they're, it's beyond my ancestors. It's the spirits of the land, the spirits of the trees. It's the spirit of, um, the earth, you know, and connecting and spending time out there and communing with them and, um, connecting with them on a different level. And, um, you know, we people always ask like, well, cause I obviously give offerings to my ancestors, whether it's flowers or food. And it's like, where does that go afterwards? Well, you give it back to the land. So mm. you have to get with the tree that you can give it back to who will, you know, take that yeah. offering that you've given and like repurpose that, bring it back to the earth. Beautiful. Now this is a very interesting question it might be a little odd but do you visualize or see them or do you see their name do you see their faces or is it more of their essence yeah so that's interesting because again being adopted it's like at first I was like who am I talking to so I saw with ancestors known and unknown um is kind of the phrase I use and all who all want the best for me and my family towards my highest good and with ease is the phrase that I say Oh, do you mind saying that one more time? Of course. Ancestors known and unknown who want the best for me and my family towards my highest good and with ease. Oh, that is good because not everybody has great ancestors. Yeah. I'm thinking about some that I probably don't want to get in touch with. Yes. (laughs) And it's like really speaking for ancestors who are in alignment with you. And if you, we, my, my mother in love says always add the ease part because you like sometimes that journey can be really really rough if you don't add that ease in I like that the ease yeah because it can get intense you're right I started collecting pictures some of my ancestors I knew who had passed away so like my dad's dad and my dad's mom this is my adoptive parents um and then my great-grandmother on my mom's side so I started collecting their photos and then my mother-in-law started giving me some photos of people who had passed away and telling me their names. And I started building a relationship. And honestly, I do feel their energy with them on my um, altar. I also started um, asking them um, via card and I use a uh, pendulum a lot. What I, I, I oh. gave each of them a deck or some of them didn't want decks. Some of them wanted different divinational tools. So okay. When I was trying to build the relationship, I said, which I asked them which deck they wanted and started using that deck to connect with them. So when I specifically speak to them, I could use that specific deck to connect with them. How do you hear them? Is it like an inner knowing? Is it just so a whispering? Okay. I do have a really specific feeling. I, I that. was in a car accident um, when oh. I was in culinary school. In so, South Africa? Yes. Mm. And so I I was in this car accident and thankfully no one was hurt besides me, but I lost a finger and a half in this process. Mm -hmm. And I like, it was very jarring at the time. It was a lot to process. It was very, um, it was a very, it was, it definitely took me off the path I thought I was headed on. So everything got readjusted. But um, in that accident, like I, later on when I, have been here in Colorado like so 2020 I decided to do a palm reading um, I was connected to somebody through my mother-in-law connected to me to somebody and when she did the reading it's like if you've never done one it's really interesting um, when they break down all the pieces of your hand and what each finger means and what like even the little um segments of your finger mean yeah, and so even for those pieces to be cut off of my hand was like a redirection like oh this is not something you're not supposed to be focusing on anymore and those wow. kinds of things that was very interesting to learn all that especially where my life had headed after that but in my accident my hand feels different and I actually 
feel like pulse from them physically on my hand. Not only do I just like physically feel them and like hear them in my head, I actually have physical acknowledgement through from them through my hand based off of what had happened. Wow. So you get some sort of, it's only a sensation that you can really understand yourself without really explaining it, but oh my gosh, that is, that's actually very interesting. No wonder perhaps that helped you feel more in tune with them, you know? Yes. And I didn't recognize it at first. I'm like sure they were like connecting with me before I woke up to that's what it was. Um, But yeah, I'm very in tune with it now and understand um, when they're communing to me. And I think that's this thing that like is so hard about the spiritual walk is like when people step into it, especially baby um, people who are going through their spiritual awakening and who are babies in that it's like everyone kind of wants to learn from everyone. But the reality is no one's experience is going to be like yours and like your gifts are going to be completely different than other people's gifts. And so no one can really teach you. It's hard because you could have a gift that no one else has. And I think there's like, sometimes like, gift jealousy in the beginning of like, well, when am I going to walk into mine? And what is it going to look like? And I'm like, I wish I could do that. But it's like, everyone has such amazing gifts. And it's like, just finally stepping into them and hearing them and kind of learning them on your own. Even when I was in culinary school, I'm doing something I love. I get to cook all day. I love this. I mean, it was just wonderful to be able to like create in that way, because cooking is just such a magical space to I don't know, just let yourself go. Um, and yes. I definitely feel my ancestors when I cook, like when I'm tasting, really? I feel like I hear them like, oh, add a little of this, add a little of that. <gasps> I was about to say, if they, do they help? So they do help with the recipes. Oh, yes. And if you drop some of the food, like if ever like you're cooking and some of it drops on the floor, that's your ancestors telling you they want some on your altar. So ah, that's theirs. That's theirs. Okay. Speaking yeah. of ancestors, you were talking about right before I asked you about how you hear uh, them. Yes. So, yeah. So keep going with your ancestor ritual. Yeah. So, you know, I've slowly been adding them to my altar and slowly built connections with them and, um, through the different divinational tools. And I definitely call upon them regularly when I have questions or thoughts or, um, you know, in petitioning towards what I want to do in the world and how I want to create and move, um, they definitely are with me as I'm, we're moving in the world, my husband and myself. So, yeah. That's amazing. What are some of the other divinational tools that you use to connect with them? Yeah. So as I said already, the pendulum for sure. Yes. And then, um, and I have a couple of different pendulums. Um, and then I have a bone throwing set, which I'm still learning that one. It's a little bit more challenging, but interesting. Yeah. It's hard to read. It's like, but I'm slowly practicing. It's definitely not the easiest. Um, I've gotten pretty good at reading candle flames. Um, my sister's really good. And so she was like training me in that. And I feel like I've gotten pretty strong at reading candle flames. That is so cool. Yes. What other divination? So I think I have one other yeah, but those are my main that I do. Um, occasional yeah. wax, um, just pouring up wax to see what's going on too. And then do you ever automatic write to see if there's anything that they want to share with you specifically? Um, I actually don't use automatic writing that often. Um, okay. If I really want to hear them and I have an idea, so there's two routes I'll go. One yeah. is putting spiritual oil um, like on like anointing myself with spiritual oil like of the intention I'm looking for and listening um and then the other is I feel like I hear them in water so if I'm like in a pool or I'm showering or taking a bath I feel like I hear them very clearly oh that is so interesting that's so cool what does your husband think of all this and does he connect with them as well his own yeah I mean he My husband is open to it. He doesn't necessarily fully step into himself, but he (laughs) will participate in rituals with me. So like, for example, we moved to this house. We obviously knew we needed to cleanse our house. And so he helped me with the cleansing and doing all that. And then regularly burn ancestral money for our ancestors as an offering. And he will do those rituals with me. That's Um, awesome. Yes. I love going to, have you been to Asia or Eastern Asia or any other country or culture that also every single morning they do something to worship their ancestors? 
Asia is like one of the continents I have not been to. Do you, do you ever decide to go to Indonesia, for example? Yes. I just remember it was so beautiful. Every morning around 5 a.m., they have a ritual where at least one person in the family, if not more, every single morning they do something to honor and worship their ancestors. And they put this little that. flower thing that they have, yes. you know, and think that there, there's a reason why there's such a spellbinding experience there. Yes. I definitely feel like the ancestral people in the connecting with the ancestors is so important. Um, And it's again, like we were very connected to our ancestors in Africa. And when we were brought over um, against our will or once, or, you know, um, dragged over to the United States um, and enslaved, it's like, we lost so much of our culture, our identity, our language, um, our roots. And so a lot of us are working to reclaim that and step back into that because again so much was demonized i mean we were forced into christianity um you know mm-hmm. our ancestors were through you know they literally were like if you do not have your slaves you know as christians like then you kill them and so what choice do you have but to become christian and there were some things that came through and like some you know africanism that like was able to slip through that they were able to carry on um and that's kind of like how hoodoo came about and different things like that. But it's, it, it does hurt sometimes and you definitely grieve for what we've lost. And the fact that this, this reconnection even has to happen because it would have been nice for us to be able to have that same bond we've had um, ancestrally. I can't even imagine. And I'm glad that you are doing what you can to learn your culture and what your ancestry and what, you know, made you who you are today. And also spreading that with especially children who deserve to know their roots and where they actually came from before colonization. Yes. Along with, of course, helping women or anyone uh, get in tune with their ancestry, especially black culture uh, with your black tarot, which again is so beautiful and I think I mean I'm white but I still felt very connected to it just because it's it's beautiful and I am very inspired to do more I've been inspired it's actually very synchronistic Nyasha that we're talking about this and connecting with our ancestry because I have been accidentally finding out more about certain ancestors some not so proud of again colonizers others I am actually very proud of with their roots and how they have been humanitarians for example and so yeah it's just I want to connect with them and I've been wanting to connect with them so I have been only literally this past month I used to a long time ago but it's interesting before like this past month I have and then I'm this week I realized I'm talking with you and what you do because I wanted to study what you do before our talk and I'm like oh my gosh this is so synchronistic yes I love it and I think, again, I'm like, I love the work when people are looking into their ancestors. And even if there are ugly parts of it, like knowing that is important. And so that you can break those cycles. We know we all have generational curses to break, whether exactly. it's, like, you know, one generation back or if it's like many generations back. But we have so much to unlearn, undo and start creating generational healing, generational wealth in all of its forms, not just financial, but Um, there's so many different forms of wealth that we need to start walking into. Mm, Exactly. Amen. Amen to all of this. Aho. So now with your tarot, um, I'm curious how that process was in creating this. Let's see. So it was 2019. I started writing this deck. I've heard it coming to me. And then I needed artwork. So I reached out to, I feel like when generally when I see people are awakening and like they're thinking differently and their minds are opening and they're expanding in so many different ways that are just necessary towards change in our world, people Mm -hmm. start creating. So I'll notice that people are starting to be more active in the creative world. And so I noticed that my friend from high school um, was illustrating and I was like, hmm, interesting. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, like, what are you doing in this realm? I have a project that I'd love to see if you'd be interested in doing. Um, So this is my friend from high school when I was in South Africa. Her name is Kamishka Naidu. Um, And I reached out to her and she was very interested. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. It's a deck. So it's a little different. 
but I would love for you to create the artwork for these cards. Um, and it's really great because I feel like her being in the motherland also just gives it another energy. Yes, that's so true. Oh, I just got chills from that. That actually does hold a very certain power and force with the cards. Yes, yes. That they needed. Yes. I wrote the book and yeah, I feel like I had her work on illustrations and I feel like she did beautiful, beautiful illustrations for me. And then I have another friend who's in Paris when I was there, when I was there as an au pair for a year, uh, Lucia, and she does tarot readings and a lot of um, tarot and spirituality work in Paris. And so I just had her look over if she felt like the descriptions and everything I did was in alignment with the cards as well. If everything was flowing and making sense and she was like, it's gorgeous. I love it. Mm-hmm. So that was very affirming. And then I delivered it to, so with just the major arc on it illustrated, delivered it to my literary agents. They pitched it to publishers and um, the publisher who published my first book, first traditionally published book, I affirm me, was like, oh my gosh, we love this. Like they were obsessed with the moon card and they were just like, we need to bring this out into the world. Yes. That was amazing. And yeah, that was me kind of stepping into doing something beyond children's books. Like my first kind of publishing uh, project beyond children's books. Um, And excitingly enough, I have another deck that was just recently picked up that I wrote with my sister really yeah another one a new one oh my gosh that's so exciting so it's an oracle deck and it will come out next year Um, you're gonna have to come back on and talk about it and your sister can come on too I would love that'd be awesome (laughs) I'm gonna make a note of this by the way okay an oracle deck I love oracle decks that's so exciting because this tarot one is so powerful and you've stuck with the traditional tarot deck but you also made it your own you created instead of instead of queens mothers and kings fathers which is like yes I love that and um yesterday I pulled the daughter of wands and the star I did it too I was like okay yep this makes sense and today right when you and I well I was waiting for you to uh get online so I was like you know I'm just gonna pull a card and then I was shuffling the deck one popped out upside down though the high priestess and yeah, I'm excited to read about it. But, you know, these decks, I can tell they're powerful because it actually popped out. It flew out. And that's a sign that, you know, some, something's there. Yes. And then I think the other um, difference is the suits, right? Um, I have yeah. the um, wands and then I have the baskets, the knives and the coins. The coins, um, Yes. I don't know. They just felt like more representational of the community. The coins is really important to me because the cowrie shell is a symbol of wealth and um, it was used as currency in Africa for a very long time. So that's why I did the cowrie shells. Um, And that felt just very in tune and correct. Um, And then baskets, I don't know, compared to cups, it just felt like more communal. I think like in the hand weaving and the love that goes into creating a basket. Um, absolutely so and I think that that added to the emotional and spiritual aspect of baskets for me brilliant so with your ritual I'd love to hear how people can begin to let's say they got your deck mm-hmm. how do you how do you recommend people begin uh using the tarot and asking questions yeah so I'm always a fan of cleansing your space cleansing the deck like getting yourself in alignment and ready for being open to answers or wisdom. Um, And so I like to cleanse personally through water. So I'm very much like with my spiritual oils and my Florida water and, you know, all my different spiritual tools, like water and liquid tools that I use to cleanse. So I'll cleanse my space and then I'll spray the outside of the deck and just get ready, cleanse my, spray my hands. Um, I generally will have a candle lit um, and I have a black termaine uh, candle holder. Oh, so cool. I like that. And I generally will run the deck over the candle as well, just in cleansing and preparing. And then once I'm prepared, I'll hold the deck in my hands, begin shuffling it. And as I'm shuffling, I'm 
really speaking the intention of what I want to know. And a lot of times I'm not really super specific. I'm not like asking a really specific question. I'm just like, what do you want me to know in this moment? Um, and that's generally my question because I don't know, I want to hear, like I could be asking the wrong thing or asking something that may be irrelevant or asking something that like doesn't truly matter. So I'd rather hear what they think is most important in terms of me knowing. So I generally will just ask for guidance and I feel and listen to how, like when it's ready. Like, again, I have that feeling of knowing, like that physical feeling in my hand of knowing when it's ready. And then I will listen if it's like how many cards they want me to pull. And if they want me to pull them from the front or the back, I listen to all of it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then one of what else is brilliant is that you also created a guidebook that people yes. can look at every single morning. Yes. The journal is like that accompaniment with everything. Um, and it's super helpful. Um, I tried to make sure it was something that like I would actively want to use and help me um, be active in doing divination and sticking by it and building that relationship with whoever you're connecting with, whether it's your ancestors, whether that's God for you, whether that's just the universe, whether that's specific spirits, whatever that looks like to you, um, making regular practice and ritual with that for yourself. I love it. And do you feel like your ancestors are... And this is, might be a silly question. I don't know, but are your spirit guides, or do you feel like you have like a certain team of spirit guides and your ancestors also as guides? So from what I've gathered, it's, there are, okay. So it's, <laughs> first of all, for myself, I'll say it can change. So right. um, basically you're going to have around you what who you need at that time. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, I was five. I probably needed someone different than I do now. Um, Yeah. And then again, as people pass away too, sometimes in our lifetime, like for example, a grandparent or a parent could pass away. If they, I think, feel if like they really need you, like there's jobs similar to the way there is on this, on, on this side, we have jobs, things mirror, right? And so spiritual world, they could request to be your guide as you continue on without them. If they know you, that right so I do believe that and then I think there's also people who um just might like what you're doing in the world and like like your flow and like your alignment and like what kind of things you're bringing out into the world and they're like I want to vibe with that like I'm going to guide with you so I like I that different kinds of guides and different yeah. kinds of people that are with you um like for me for example because I'm a writer I really feel like when I write it's not just me. I feel like it's my ancestors coming through me when I write. And I think especially when I think about ancestors in my past or even like, again, and it's not even of my direct line. It could be like someone who was born way back when who wanted to be an author, like felt that energy, but was not given that opportunity at that time. I feel like they are coming through people now as well. Oh, yes. I feel like I experienced that with like people who had dreams and ambitions that they were not able to live out at the time. And we are that opening for them to be able to continue walking through and carrying out goals and ambitions that they were unable to achieve in their lifetime. So interesting. And you know, what just came to heart because I, I feel like I've been guided lately by my grandparents and a medium confirmed it. I haven't really felt so much guidance. Perhaps I have been, but from, you know, great, great, second grade, third grade or whatever grandparents. And I was thinking like, perhaps the reason why you've been feeling this is because your ancestors really want the message out there for those who have uh, lost touch with their roots and, you know, the powers that that holds because of, you know, colonization, white supremacy. But um, yeah, like, I think that that's probably one of the main reasons why you are connected with so, so many ancestors from far back. I mean, perhaps, but Mm -hmm. I know that I was thinking about, I was like, man, perhaps that's why I haven't felt in touch with like my great, great grandparents, for example. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I've broken a lot of their cycles, but more immediate grandparents that aren't for what, you know, our ancestors did, I feel more connected with. Yes. Yeah. And honoring, like, you know, not everyone's in alignment with you, but I, yeah, I hear the call so clearly to work towards the world that 
our ancestors deserved, our future children deserve. And so that's really what I try and work and build towards because, you know, things have been very inequitable. And I know it is hard to unlearn. It is ugly, ugly crying. It's so many ugly tears. And we all make mistakes in it. That's part of the process, but it's being accountable in it. It's acknowledging in it. It's growing, doing better. Like once you know better, do better. And it's like listening to how other people have been harmed by different things, right? Um, I'll say an example for example would be Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of meaning for people. It is a lot of tradition for people. And it was something that a lot of people were not even thinking about what the true history of that was. Yeah, very helpful <laughs> yep. to so many communities. And it's been, you know, the indigenous community, it's like, it's a day of yep. mourning almost, you know? Yeah. Yep. And so yep. when you look at it like that, it's like reflecting, like, what does Thanksgiving look like? Because I understand people will still want to celebrate in some way and you still have it as a holiday, but what does it look like now? It's like, you know, how are you connecting with the indigenous community? How are you making an effort in changing your focus now because you know the true history. Mm. And you have to be willing to make those changes, acknowledging what whose land you're on. How are you going to make effort towards land back? How are you going to, you know, support indigenous communities and businesses? How are you listening to indigenous voices? You know, how are you re-changing the way that you speak about Thanksgiving, you know, when you're connecting with people, how are you verbalizing it? How are you sharing that story? Making sure that like, you're not continuing a narrative that has caused so much harm. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, so beautifully said. This is something that hits home. And I mean, I'm actually going to be by myself this year, but I don't really feel like an attachment to Thanksgiving after knowing everything, to be honest. I understand people want to give things and celebrate with their family, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to listen to what makes sense and you not might not know what that looks like for a while, you know? Yeah, and true. So it's slowly listening and it like, it might not be instant, but it's like learning bit by bit how we're going to shift these holidays. Um, yeah. And re like, I also think like Christmas, for example, it's so centerized. And we need to mm-hmm. decentralize it because there's so many people who don't celebrate Christmas. And so mm-hmm. shifting our minds doesn't mean we're not honoring Christmas and we're not people, we're not honoring the people celebrate Christmas. But like, if you work at a store and you say Merry Christmas to me, you don't know what I celebrate. Yeah. Simple yeah. change of saying happy holidays. And the, historically it's been like Christmas break or this or that. And you just have to reframe the way that you are speaking about things and the way that, um, you know, thinking about like beyond what has been pushed as the most important thing, because, you know, white supremacy picked what was, they felt like it was important and pushed it. Again, it's like, there's an example, other examples would be like, if you love country music, if you love the blues, if you love rock and roll, it's like, go and look at the true deeper history of that, because it started with black people, but people don't know that. P, that's like it's been so disconnected from our communities people don't that, know that with blues I feel, um, people, blues I feel like some people know some people don't I feel like but especially rock and roll and country right. like yeah. no those two are so right. yeah. disconnected from those and con- like viewing that as like black music and like the reality is that's where it began right so right. rethinking about that um and yeah, I mean, <laughs> I could sit here for so long just talking about the. I love the passion. But I watch a lot of like kid shows because I'm in that realm when I'm writing children's books, and you know, yeah. um, and I really like look at everything. And sometimes it's very interesting to look at things from the past, um, like old shows that she used to watch, and you're like, "Ooh, that's like not so great," or "Oh, this is something they did really well." Like that's actually surprising for that time period. Um, and they caught that. Right. Um, and so right. paying attention to those little things is super important. Um, and again, there's so many messages being sent to us. We talk about like indoctrination, indoctrination, but like technically 
we're always being that way. Like what was chosen to be left out of our history books, like people not knowing about the Tulsa um, massacre, people not knowing, oh, yep. um, you know, all of these black communities that were like either covered in water and became a lake or were people ran them out of those towns, whatever that looks like, or was burnt or whatever it was. It looked like in terms of them ruining these communities that black people were trying to build. It's like, people don't know these histories and that these are histories of our country. Um, it's like, you can't tell American history without telling black history or indigenous oh. history. Like we are all intertwined in that. And it's like our narrative like has just been told through a white lens. And it's like, this is exactly why it's important for our communities to tell our stories now. Great. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Oh my gosh. Imagine also all the history that has been rewritten. Like, yes. uh, I can't even, I can't even get into it with the Utah one. That's like a whole nother topic, especially, I mean, I grew up LDS, the false narratives that people believe today about how, you know, my culture treated anyone of color, they've really shifted the narrative, rewritten it, even though there's legal documents that are proof in the pudding of what really happened, which is yeah. wild. Sometimes the documentation is not there, or it's like hidden deep in some, right. you know, white supremacist basement because they like yeah. honor it in a different way than we would look at it. Right. right. But it's one of those things where it's just a very important time we're moving into in history, like where people are starting to recognize that like, things have not made sense for a really long time for a lot of people. Um, and yeah. I think we were blind to it. And I, I will voice like the systems worked really, really well. And like, I had self-hate for my own community for a very long time. I didn't really mm-hmm. identify as being black first. And I didn't really walk in the world as seeing myself as a black woman. Oh, Partially oh that was my adoption, but it was yeah. like also, you know, not really wanting to commit, I think to, a community that is given so much hate, told to not love themselves, told they are nothing, told they are worthless, told they don't matter. You know, this is a huge reason why, like, the work that we're doing now in literature media is so important in terms of, like, reclaiming love for ourselves, love for our communities, and walking into that truly, because that's what I affirm me is. It's my love letter to the Black community that every child should have on their shelves. And the goal of it is for kids to walk in that self-love as young as possible. Cause so mm-hmm. many of us have been slowly reclaiming that for ourselves. We're slowly reclaiming our boundaries, you know, listening to ourselves, listening to our bodies, trusting ourselves, all these things that we've walked away from, like shedding our originality. Um, and that's why I said it's a coming home because literally what we're trying to do on our spiritual walks right now, it is, a movement of walking back to when you were most healed, when you were your purest self and you were just giving love to the world. That is literally what we're trying to walk back to is that self that, you know, really was just loving everybody that was whole, that was healed, that was yeah. at its purest form. And yeah. you know, a lot of us, that was when we were kids, when we were in that purest form, but that we need to heal to come back to that heart self um now go back to your inner child days go back to swimming like a mermaid though you still do that which I love (laughs) (laughs) do you have any time for rapid fire yeah sure amazing but do you have any other messages that come to heart uh before rapid fire I'm in no rush let's see I mean if you are really trying to dive into decolonizational work um my favorite framework is by a Hawaiian activist named Poko Nwani. And his work is absolutely amazing. He has this framework that shows you the five steps of colonization and the five steps of decolonization. And it is just so strong. And if you are willing to do that work, I was like, definitely read through that. It will give you an understanding of what other people are doing while they're decolonizing. And it's also going to help you in... Um, working through decolonizing yourself. I will voice that if you're trying to do that work and you feel very lost in it and you would like guidance, I definitely can help with coaching and mentoring around that if you're interested in doing that with me. That's awesome. 
Um, the other thing I will vocalize, I also do mentoring with authoring. So, you know, whether you're an elementary child or an adult, all in between, I offer mentoring services. If you're trying to get a book or I, I, I say book, but really I have decks in the world. Whatever you're trying to get out in the world, publishing wise, I'd love to help you with that. So if you are interested in doing that kind of work, I have space and mentoring I do in those realms. So cool. Where do they go to, you know, get Oh, coaching? yes, my website. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> if you Google my name, my website will come up and you will easily be able to access my um, page. And um, if you go to my booking site, I have, if you just want to meet for one session and just want to talk through your idea, do I think it's a great idea? There, you can pay for one session. Or if you want like a regular meetup in terms of author mentorship, I have author mentorship packages that um, we can really sit down and deep dive and help you really get your book going so you can get something beautiful out into the world. I love that you do that. Because how many books have you written, especially children's books? There's so many. Yes. So <laughs> there are three out in the world right now. So like my yeah. book, I for me, and then Ally Baby Can Be Feminist. Next year, I have the other three books of the Ally Baby series coming out. So that's Ally Baby Can Be Anti-Racist, Ally Baby Can Be an LGBTQA Ally, and Ally Baby Can Be an Eco-Activist. So those three. Oh, yes. I love it. You're my kind of woman. That's amazing. (laughs) Then I have I Am Somebody coming out as well. Um, I like that title. What's that about? So that is about a little girl who's going through her school day and she just sees all this mess in the world and so frustrated by it and like is kind of avoiding it and just is so annoyed at how people are acting and moving in the world. Um, And she keeps saying that somebody should sort this out. And then she realizes in one of the moments that she's somebody and she can make that difference. So she starts making change in the way she moves through her day. Um, and realizes that like, while she can't do everything, she can do something. And it's, we all have to do our part in our own ways. Cute. I love it. Oh my gosh. And this is a children's book. Yes. And I just, um, on my Instagram, I just really did the cover reveal. So if you'd like to see what the cover um, that's writing to change the narrative. Um, and then I have a couple other books coming out. Um, so I have, keep dreaming black child coming out um as well next year and then i'll have my oracle deck which is an elemental oracle deck um so my sister and i are very connected to the elements so we did spirit together and then she took fire and earth and i took water and air of course you took water (laughs) yes of course i did and then i'm an aquarius so of course i've got to take air yes Um, visionary here so yes um that is a beautiful piece that we put together so I'm really excited about that and it's going to have a beautiful journal as well um that's going to be part of the deck as well so really really excited about that um spiritual tool getting out into the world and then I I have a so a book with my mother in love we just wrote it we wrote a book and it's kind of got this hoodoo magic blended into it um it's just like everyday hoodoo magic that we did um, and we awesome. wrote back it's gonna be in 2024. So that's a little bit further out. Um, and then yeah, so that's kind of where my work is right now. Um <laughs> I you were on a momentum. You create, 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 and it is actually very inspiring. I really do. Yeah. I also want to recommend if you are writing, definitely recommend joining an author critique. Um, cause those are super important and can really help you grow as a writer. Um, so I recommend joining a critique group so that you can just keep getting feedback on your work and keep growing. Awesome. Are you ready for rapid fire? Of course. Awesome. Coffee or tea? Um, definitely actually no hot drinks for me. Okay. Why so? I don't know. It's just never been a vibe for me. I will definitely pick a cold drink over a hot drink. So what about like iced coffee or iced tea? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Favorite form of body movement. Favorite form of body movement. Um, dancing. I love it. Where is your happy place? In water. Of course. <laughs> uh, and, do, and what is your astrology big three? 
So Aquarius sun, Cancer moon, Leo rising. The Leo rising, of course, wants to skip the line and go continue to swim. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, also creates so much content in the world. It's fitting. Definitely very fitting. Animal you connect with most, if any. Hmm, That's a good question. Animal I connect with most. I think I really, I really love jellyfish a lot. Um, (laughs) Just going with the flow and vibing and glowing and just, yeah. They are glowing. They also got a sting. They also got a sting. But they do it out of self-defense. So yeah, of course. And do you have a morning routine? Really? I generally do get ready for the day and I just get focused on getting out the door or where I need to go. But I do have a routine if I leave my house. I speak to my tree that's in my front of my house and commune Mm -hmm. with it and um, speak to the tree spirit itself, speak to the land spirits, speak to the ancestors of that space. Um, And so I do have that. And then um, I also do the same in my backyard. If I go to my backyard, I have a tree back there as well. Mm, What kind of tree is the one in the front yard, by the way, since you're in Colorado? That's a good question. I honestly could not tell you. So it's not an aspen, because you know what those look like. No, I know exactly okay. what Those are some of my favorite. <laughs> They're actually, my absolute favorite. I actually definitely hear the call to plant some. So at some point. Yes. I mean, yes. they have the eyes. I have one in my backyard right now. They have the eyes that feel like that they know something beyond what you can fully yes. see. Yep. Yep. And if you could gift everyone, you know, a book, excluding your own, of course. Uh, what would it be? Jambalaya. Jambalaya. Who's this by? Um, it's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, but it's really an amazing spiritual book. Like, oh my all God. right. Yeah. Jambalaya. And this is the last that I ask all the Euromagic guests. Yes. How would you advise the Euromagic listeners to create their own magic? I would tell them to listen to what brings them joy, like, or remember what brings them joy. Like, think back to what naturally brings you joy and find ways of making that more ritual in your life and um, making space for that in your life. I love that answer. So beautiful. And also where can everyone connect with you? So I'm on Instagram as writing to change the narrative. And then I'm on TikTok as um, decolonize underscore you. My website is Niasha. Yes, it's niashawilliams.online. Okay, perfect. Of course, again, in the show notes and Niasha, seriously, this episode was so eye-opening and of course, expanding. And I just, yeah, you're just an amazing human doing so much for the world and you inspire me in so many ways. And so I feel so honored to connect with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Same here. Thank you so much for your time and energy. And I hope that you keep enjoying the deck. I will. Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is live. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send in my love. Jai Mata.